Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's time to go inside the front office of the athletics with the general manager of the A's, David Forst. Here now is the David Forst Show with Chris Townsend. David Forst, the general manager, joins us here on A's Cast Live and A's Cast. David, how are you? What's up, Chris? How's it going? Uh, it, it's going good. Obviously, your ball club's hot, but, you know, just speaking about all the young talent in the game right now and looking at, I mean, you, you go to the leaders in the league and it's all these guys well under 20, including your guy, Matt Olson, who's up there in a lot of categories. I don't know what baseball can do, but this could be a time where we really showcase all the great young talent in the game because, I mean, you've been in it a long time. I can't remember this many good players and this many good young athletes. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it also is that we we didn't get to see these guys all get together last year for an all-star game. So it'll have been two years, and, um, you know, some of these guys were obviously on the scene in 2019, but – but certainly not in the way that, that Vlad and Acuna and, and Tatis are now. So, yeah, I think, you know, you look ahead a few weeks to that All-Star game and getting all these guys on, on one field, you know, for the home run derby, for the game, uh, it, could be, it could be very exciting for baseball. Yeah, and Shohei Otani is the first guy to announce that he's going to be in the home run derby, and maybe that'll bring some sizzle back to the stake in that event. Uh, but, but thinking about all these young players, why do you think these young kids have come up so fearless compared to what we used to say back then? Oh, he's a rookie. He's going to make those rookie mistakes. And this is the big leagues. I mean, these kids are come to take your lunch money at a very young age. Yeah. I, there's just, there's a different mentality now than there was, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, for sure. There's uh, this idea that the guys have to sort of, pay their dues or, or, you know, or get, you know, rookie hazing, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, it just doesn't exist anymore. And, and right now talent sort of plays. And, and if you have talent, you're going to be in there. And uh, it's been exciting to watch. Well, uh, I'll, I'll play old man river again and get on my, my batting average uh, hat on as Matt Olson has the best batting average in June in baseball at 431 and the way that he has changed his game in front of our eyes where now he's using foul pole to foul pole not only with his power but he's now being able to square it up and go the other way and what I love and you can tell me what you're noticing is when he's done that they've had to change the way they defend him and it's been wonderful to watch it has um you know I think 
I think last year was so fresh in our minds on Ole and, and all the struggles that he had. And, and, you know, he's talked about how changing his routine hurt and the lack of video and all these things that a bunch of players were affected by last year. But, um, but, you know, you go back and look at, at 19 and, and 18 also to some extent and what Ole, what Ole showed he was capable of doing. Um, but no, like you said, never more so than now when, when he is driving the ball to left field, the homer he hit the left center the other day. Uh, obviously, anytime he gets a pitch to pull, it has a chance to go out of the ballpark. So um, we've seen we've seen shifts in different configurations. You guys put their second baseman at different depths at different parts of right field, and when you hit the ball 110 miles an hour off the bat, you, you just don't give guys much of a chance to field it, no matter where they are. Uh, to, to this day, the one that's still just kind of like you look out and you go. What is going on is when you see four guys in the outfield, I mean, you, you really have to adjust and go, okay, I get it. But isn't that like the strangest one when you're looking out next, thing you know, you only see three infielders. You're like, where'd the other guy go? Yeah. I mean, I think the Rays were probably the first ones to do it, but we've seen it a few times against Ole. And, and obviously, you know, like I said, he does hit the ball in the air the majority of the time, but, uh, but the way he's going right now, uh, you know, he can, he can double down the left field line. He can he can hit hit the ball with you know with force anywhere in the park. Okay, let let let's say you're going with the standard shift on a guy, right? Your normal shift where you know you got the third baseman's kind of playing like a rover shortstop. Uh, you're taking your shortstop and you're putting him out kind of in right field. We'll call that a standard shift. When you're getting ready for a series or a game, how many times does a guy have to beat it the way Matt Olson's been beating it? For you to say, you know what, we're going to stop doing this and we're going to play the guy straight up. <laughs> it's a good question because obviously all those decisions are based on a, a huge amount of data and, and you know, hopefully years, years worth of spray charts and things like that. And, um, you know, you really don't know when a guy has made a an actual change in his approach. I mean, that it takes – it takes a little while for that to play out, or, or you just have to be, you know, see him on an everyday basis. So there's there's not a great answer to that question, but obviously, you know, we're watching other teams closely. Our our advanced group is is keeping track of things. You just you just have to sort of have a feel for maybe when something has fundamentally changed. Yeah, and and, and I'm thinking about a fundamental change right now is in your third baseman. It has been so much fun to watch. Uh, we had him we had him here on A's Cast Live. And he was very honest where he said, you know what, going through this has not been easy. I did. I felt like I was somebody, I felt like I was in a different body. And I don't think a lot of people understand when you get cut on and you have surgery, any type of surgery, you know, you're different and you got to go through the rehab. But then at some point it finally clicks and, and it has clicked for him and he's starting to fire his right side. He and Darren Bush work through it. I think just for you guys in the front office, sit, sitting wherever you guys sit for games, you got to have a big grin because it was tough watching him go out there and just strike out time and time again. And now, you know, we always nicknamed him Captain America. Well, your Captain America is finally back. He's he's certainly getting there. Yeah, he has the eight seventy something OPS in June. I think it's just a a huge difference from where he was in April and May. And and I know you know. Matt will say he's not quite even there yet and feels like, you know, he's just kind of figuring it out. But, 
but yeah, every day that goes by is a day, you know, the further away from that surgery and closer to, to sort of having the, you know, the muscle memory that, that he had before surgery. So it's, it's been nice to see him hit a couple homers, um, get some hits in big spots, but, but ultimately, you know, you knew those fastballs that he was, he was just swinging through. You knew it was like a, a split second timing thing. and It was, it was going to come back at some point. Your starters are nine and two with a 2.56 ERA in June. Only the Nationals starters have a better ERA. And the one guy going tonight, James Caprellian. Well, we're, we now know why the Yankees selected him 16th overall in the 2015 MLB draft. I just, the confidence that he has, it, it's kind of like that bulldog mentality. He's able to pitch through jams. I, when you got him, he was hurt, but you knew he had talent from from you guys scouting him. Just talk about what you've seen from him so far. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up uh, you know his draft position with the Yankees because obviously this is a time of year where we're talking a lot internally about draft, and and as part of that, we go back and look at at the guys who were taken in the first and second round, and and what our reports were on them, and what data we had, and how. How did they turn out? And, and every time you go back and look at James and what he did at UCLA, you're like, oh, yeah, this guy was dominant. He had, you know, basically had a two ERA over two, two seasons at UCLA, struck out 200 plus guys. He was, you know, he was the man. And it's only because uh, of the injuries that kind of derailed him over the last three or four years that, that he wasn't here doing this, you know, three years ago, basically. So the, the talent is there, the stuff is there. And, and I think uh, it's, it's crazy to think about that first inning in Boston and how this whole story could have gone differently had he not found a way out of that first inning. Um, but he did. And, and I know Bob has talked recently about how much this guy competes on the mound. And um, he's obviously going to go out there in Yankee Stadium tonight uh, to compete. And um, every, every player who's ever been traded is looking forward to pitching against their former team, I think. Well, I've been joking that uh, the only time he's ever going back to Vegas is for vacation. <laughs> uh, well, considering it's 118 degrees there this week, I'm sure he'd be happy to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even though that pool is pretty awesome at the Aviator game, I don't even think you could be in the pool at 118. Yeah, James has done a great job. He's, you know, he, he came up uh, – because we needed a spot filled and, and he has gone out every time and, and competed and given us a chance to win, which is what we talked about last week with the starters. Those guys go out there, they keep us in games. I mean, Wednesday was a perfect example where Cole gives up three in the first, but you look up and it's the fifth inning and he's only given up one more run and he's kept us in the game and, and held the line until the offense came around. Yeah. It's so interesting how, Groups of human beings feed off of each other really, really good and sometimes really, really bad. And right now, your starters, it's every night. No one wants to be the weak link. It's like you have such a strong five right now. It's hard to explain how it happens. Maybe you can explain it. I can't. It's just, But it's happening for your club right now. It's kind of always been the the formula for us here is is when we have a when we have good teams when we have a, a stretch of of years or playoff runs you have 
you have those groups of starting pitchers that feed off each other and kind of bond and and compete in in like the healthiest way possible. And again, obviously, you go all the way back to the teams, you know, 20 years ago when Hudson, Mulder, and Zito did this. But um, but it's kind of a theme throughout the the successful A's teams. I mean, I'm sure Foss. Foss will talk about it from the teams in the 70s where, where the starters and, and catfish and everybody everybody wanted to top the guy who pitched the night before. And it's it's fun to watch. I mean, those shots of our, you know, the four starters sitting in the dugout, the guys who aren't pitching that night, cheering on that night's starter. And they've got all their, you know, their little handshakes and everything. It's, it's a really fun dynamic. Yeah, I, it, it, it's so cool because, you know, it starts with Scott Emerson and they're just always talking and they're always helping each other. And it just seems so healthy that you have a group that and, and they can help each other where they go. I see this. I don't think this is going well. Chris Bassett's talking about that on our show to where it's like they're all pitching coaches for each other. And I don't think you always see that at the big league level. No, you're right. And, and to that point, I was. Sometime on the homestand, I went out to the bullpen to talk to Emo during batting practice. Um, and I will, I will tell you that I think it was Cap was thrown aside and literally Bassett and Manaya were standing right there. One of them actually was standing in the batter's box while he was throwing, but they were in fact acting as like second and third pitching coaches. And it was, it was really true. And, and, you know, Emo does, does so much, so much work. He, he kind of goes under the radar because um, because he's not a big personality. He doesn't say a lot, but he works his tail off and does everything these guys need. Uh, and I think they, they appreciate that and they want to help out wherever they can. Well, we can, we can end on this, you know, in all of sports. Now there's so much data. There's so much analytics. It doesn't matter if you're an NBA hockey, the, everybody's got it. Right. Uh, but I say this all the time. Someone's got to be at the front of the bus someone's got to be the front of the plane. Somebody has to deal with the human beings. Somebody has to deal with the egos. Someone's got to be able to manage down and they got to be able to manage up to ownership in the front office. And I think the guy that you got, Bob Melvin is as good or better than anybody in the business at it. And you guys just picked up his option. I thought it was a no brainer. uh, What he means to these, to these young men. I mean, after Bob, you know, end up beating Tony La Russa for the record. You know, these guys all talked about what Bob means to them, just not as players, but as people off the field. It's something special you got going on, of course, with you, Billy, and Bob. Yeah, it it, uh, it was a no-brainer. Like you said, I was glad. I was glad we were able to make it happen. Ownership was great in, in helping us make that decision. And uh, you just you saw in, in the quotes from players, there was a, a video that we – we ran at the ballpark and I think on, on social media when, when Bob broke that record and just hearing how genuinely uh, the guys in the clubhouse care about him because, because he gives it right back to them. So um, you're right. We, we absolutely need somebody uh, on a day-to-day basis to manage the people down there and, and all the, all the stats and all the data uh, is a huge part of it, but, but Bob's, human touch is really what makes it all work. And, um, and it shows, I mean, you cannot argue with 800 plus wins as an Oakland A's manager. So we were, we were happy to make that announcement last week. Isn't it nice for you too? the fact that there's going to be moves made. I mean, that's just how professional sports work, but 
right now during this era of A's baseball with your manager, your staff, you really have a core group of players where, you know, you got your third baseman, your first baseman, your catcher, your center field. I mean, you got you don't have to make as many moves and patchwork stuff as you've had to do in the past, just for you personally. Isn't that great as a GM? It, it is. It's a nice pace right now, for sure. I mean, look, there there are times and there are years when uh, when you have to make a lot of moves. That's what you do to sort of keep the team going. And, and sometimes, you know, sometimes it works and it's important to, to keep things fresh and move guys in and out. Um, but there's certainly a place for, for what you just described and the stability the stability that we've enjoyed so many other places in the organization over the years um, and that you don't always get to have uh, when it comes to the major league team. And, and we've got it with Bob, with a coaching staff, frankly, that's been intact for a long time. A lot, you know, a lot of these guys from, you know, Aldo, Emo, Bushy, these guys have been here for a long time. And, and, you know, even a guy like Marcus Jensen, Eric Martin, maybe only on the major league staff for a few years, but part of the organization for 10 or 15 years. So all that stuff, it goes into putting this team together and that stability. Uh, yeah, it's it's really nice to see on the major league team, and it, it makes our jobs a lot easier. Great stuff, as always. Good luck in the Bronx, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Chris. David Force, the general manager of your Oakland Athletics. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 